right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Well, today, we're going to talk about knives. Um, Maybe I was reading some articles, and maybe it's actually not a bad idea to bring a knife to a gunfight. It turns out we're going to turn the world upside down, because it turns out you might have a better success rate with a knife. Um, the FBI, now they, these, these stats are a little older, were from 2015, but the FBI said that 10% of people shot die from their wounds, all right, 10%. Now, 30% of people who are attacked by a knife are killed by their wounds, 30% versus 10% die by their wounds. So that's a pretty significant number. Um, Another thing, knives, they don't have like a line of fire. You don't need to be kind of in that lined up appropriate space because you have such a broad angle and sweep and, you know, so much movement with your hands. You can really, you know, kind of get around and and do what you got to do. Um, believe it or not, they were talking about like, you know, close range shooting, you know, in your mind, you're like, well, if only 10% are hitting, that's cause you know, people are taking 10 shots from far away and whatever like that. Turns out in the study with police between three feet and six feet shootings, only one out of four bullets actually hit their target. Could you imagine yet three, three feet away feet. from three to six feet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's how it's funny. There was a story I read a while back of a cop goes and knocks on the door, and this was a news story. I mean, I saw it on the news. It wasn't you know like hearsay or whatever. And and the cop knocks on the door. Lady comes to the door, and he's like, "Yeah, I hate you. Whatever, you know, we're gonna take you to jail or something." He acts aggressive and threatening the cop. The dog comes out of the background and starts coming at the cop. The cop puts out his hand to stop the dog and holds it up like he's, you know, about to win the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. and then shoots at the dog, ends up missing the dog and shoots a hole through his hand. Ooh. And these are the kind of things that, you know, a knife, you use your hands every day. You're in Mm -hmm. control of your hands. You know where they're going to move and what's going to happen. Apparently, when people use guns, it's not always the case that you're in control. Somehow you're out of place. Now, I know you're like, well, my hand is working the gun and that's just a tool. But Mm -hmm. apparently something's going wrong here, (laughs) you know. So there is some kind of disconnect that happens. And believe it or not, knives don't usually miss. Because one of the things about knives is as you're approaching the target, your brain and your hand are making calculations and adjustments. And you're correcting and you're also correcting as the person's moving away or dodging from it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more, we'll say, follow through with a knife. So that right. makes you it know, so much more valuable. A, Go ahead. There's certain advantages to uh, to firearms. Uh Specifically, when it comes to handguns versus uh, knife fighting, though, uh, handgun handguns—the benefit is that you can shoot somebody from a distance. You don't have to be right next to somebody. But at a panic situation where people pull out the handgun, it's very easy 
to fire before you're in the correct position. You know, like you were saying with the knife, you're making uh, calculated uh, adjustments to your to where that knife's going throughout. But a lot of the time, people with a handgun will pull it out and they'll be right next to somebody, you know, right next to the person they're dealing with because they pull it out in a panic situation where something went wrong, you know, and they suddenly have to pull it out. But there's no, you know, there's no distance created in a, in a situation like that. I know that a lot of police officers, uh, you know, they carry handguns in the United States. They carry handguns every day, but they only qualify to use those handguns once or twice a year. And if, if you're only qualifying once or twice a year, uh, that's not a big deal as long as you're going to the range. But a lot of these guys don't go to the range aside of those one or two times a year that they they have to use it. And they spend, you know, three or four hours practicing every six months or every 12 months. But a lot of them really don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I don't, I'm not just saying that about cops. I'm saying that about everybody that carries a handgun. There's right, a lot exactly. of people carrying a handgun that don't know what the fuck they're right. doing. People with their concealed carry aren't necessarily using it or have used it frequently or often or ever. Um, I had uh, somebody come over yesterday because I was actually a friend of my wife and she was like, hey, um, you know, I have my concealed carry permit and I've had my gun for about a year and I carry it everywhere I go. Um, I really didn't feel comfortable at the shooting range. Could I come over and, you know, and use your guys shooting range and, and try it out and do it at a more casual, comfortable setting. And when we got talking, she had shot seven bullets in her entire life and she'd been carrying Mm -hmm. over a year. Right. And I feel like that's a large percentage of. You know, she like quadrupled her, uh, you know, shooting in one day, you know, with of right. her lifetime. And actually, probably more than that, probably 20, 30 times. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that's the kind of thing people aren't getting the practice. Plus, even though shooting at the range and dealing with the stress of in-person and immediate and stuff, it's heightened now. Don't get me wrong here. I think if you put the time in the range, you can become more accurate and more efficient with that handgun than you'll ever be with a knife as far as more effective. Um, I think also learning how to really master a knife, you can be, you know, because that's the thing over and over again, consistently with survival, training and practice is going to, you know, win the day every time. You know, the guy who doesn't practice with the knife or doesn't practice with the knife, but the guy practices with the gun, the guy with the gun's probably going to win. The guy right. who doesn't practice with, you know, vice versa with the gun, but the guy with the knife is somewhat trained, he's probably going to win. But it almost looks like with the knife, you're at an equal playing field. Um, you know, to average, you know, person to person, statistics say you're at an equal to slight advantage with the knife for close combat. Um, right. And I will also say it depends a lot on the handgun and it depends a lot on the knife. Um, you know, a little uh, uh, shiv that you made out of a toothbrush that you're planning on sticking somebody with and you've got somebody with a uh, with a nine millimeter and, uh, you know, a full full magazine. There's a you know, there's a big difference there. But a Bowie knife, you know, Jim Bowie, um, Jim Bowie said that he would be more comfortable being in a fight. 
with a knife with somebody with a gun. He'd rather have a knife than a gun. Um, and there were situations that he was in where he was in knife fights with people that had guns and, and he killed the person before they shot him or he uh, got shot and then killed him. But, you know, that was at a time period where your, your pistol, you know, was a muzzle loaded pistol. You had one shot. And if you fucked up, you fucked up. Um, got a little bit uh, better of an opportunity if you have a revolver, if you have a, uh, you know, a yeah. handgun with a, with a magazine in it. I think with the adrenaline and the excitement, it's actually fairly common to, for people to pull the trigger before they seem to really get on target. Right. You know, um, I, I, uh, <laughs> there, there's a book, I think it's called how to shoot, ride, shoot straight and tell the truth or something like that. And, and it's a great book. And I had mentioned it not that long ago, but, uh, one of the things in there is that, you know, people, most people who shoot, if they miss, they say, you know, later when being interviewed that they don't remember seeing the front sight of their gun on their target, you know, aligned. Mm-hmm. And right. that should be what's going through your head is front sight press. Like you don't pull the trigger until you can see, you know, your target lined up with your front sight. Now he said it, you know, you didn't even need the back of it, like just your instinct and in practicing shooting. You should know to kind of line it up with everything but just right. having that focus on that front sight and seeing your target with it, it's going to make a big difference. So, yeah, you know, but well, that's the kind of thing. So, but the other reason, one second, um, the other thing I would say is there are so many more places you can carry a knife that you cannot carry a gun. And that's going to be right. a huge advantage, um, especially for some of you guys that live in other countries or some of you guys who live in, you know, communist cities in America, um, you know, things like that. If things are really, you know, oppressive there, that's something, you know, that now I know in England, you guys, uh, I think you're, you're down to spoons now. Is that how you're able to defend yourself with a spoon? Yeah, it, it seems questionable about whether you can have a butcher knife in your kitchen in England lately. Mm-hmm. Especially in London, it seems like they're really cracking down on people carrying even pocket knives. You know, mm-hmm. to me, I see a pocket knife as a tool, not a not a weapon. You know, I yeah. use a pocket knife every day in my life, but uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a fight with my pocket knife. You know, right? Well, I think even in communist California, you can get away with three and a half inch blade. So mm-hmm. I know in New York, I think it it's also three three and a half inches um, in the city. But I yeah, think they said, uh, you know, the palm of your hand is what they always taught us in Boy Scouts was what was legal as far as that kind of thing. But yeah, that's you know, that's actually in New York State. That's actually if you're under 18, if you're over 18, you okay. can carry carry a sword on you, I guess. So there's no real yeah. uh, stipulation on the length of the well, blade. And as California, well. you must be able to carry because I remember watching Sons of Anarchy and didn't they all have knives on their belt that were, you know, yeah, kind of like they, four inch blade? It's not like there are criminals used to breaking the law or anything, but I'm not I'm not sure how accurate that TV show is. Oh, okay. All right. Now I cut you off. Can you remember what the heck you were gonna say? Or well, what I'm saying is that um <clears throat> there are people that, that practice with the hip draw and the quick draw, and you know, we're not talking about those guys. If you're investing, you know, ten hours a week 
every week for, you know, for years practicing your quick draw and your, and your shooting and your target practice and all that sort of stuff. This isn't, we're not talking about that guy. Yeah. You know, we're talking about uh, somebody that has a firearm, but doesn't spend, uh, you know, 10 hours every week practicing with it. And that, that hip draw firing is very, uh, uh, very effective if you're competent and trained with it. And I think that's a big part of it is the fact that the concealment and the safety issues required with a gun are so much different than what's required with a knife. Um, Mm -hmm. People seem to be able to get their hands on a knife and get a knife out a whole lot faster just um, based on how you're able to carry it and where you're able to carry it as far as concealment and also just for safety. Like, you know, most cops... I mean, I guess it's different with Glocks and stuff now, but you remember they used to have, you'd have the uh, strap, like especially the 1911s and stuff, they would have Mm -hmm. the strap under the hammer kind of thing. So the gun can't accidentally discharge and yet they could leave it loaded for safety. Well, just all those steps are steps that somebody with a knife doesn't have to take. And as soon as you feel uncomfortable, you can easily have that knife, you know, in your hand and sometimes even halfway open kind of thing. If it's a folder and ready to get out, whereas, and sometimes a lot of people are like, yeah, I can put my hand on my gun and be ready to go, you know, without it being visible, then good for you. You found a great way to carry it, but there's a lot of guys that don't carry it that way. And that's all I'm Mm -hmm. saying. I'm just saying typically, there's less steps in getting a knife out and effective than there is in getting a gun out and effective. Right. That's all I'm throwing out out there on that. Yeah. Now when it comes to knife fighting, mm-hmm. uh, you have a knife, um, your opponent has a handgun or has a knife. Uh, if there's a handgun involved and you've got the knife, you need a couple of things ahead of time planned out. So one, you, you want to make sure that your tactical knife is sharp as fuck. You don't want to be, you know, jabbing somebody or, or, or slicing on somebody with a dull blade because it's not going to be as effective as, as something that's really honed sharp. Uh, you want to keep your knife between you and the opponent. Uh, if the other person's carrying a knife, you want to keep keep your hand with the knife. You want to keep it moving in kind of an erratic way. You don't want to be just going up and down or doing figure eights. Cause you don't want that other person to be able to time where your knife's going to be and be able to push you to the side so they can stick you first. Mm-hmm. Uh, main thing you want to do with the knife is go for, you know, arteries. So you want to go for the neck. You want to go for the, uh, the artery inside your leg, the familiar artery. I, for some reason, I can't say that. Uh, you want to go for the inside of the bicep or the chest, um, or the wrist. But you don't want to, yeah, or the wrist. You don't want to leave yourself open, you know, by swinging wildly at somebody trying to stick them in the chest where they can just move to the side and stick yeah. you. You want to honestly, re- your move is to is to really wait for them to strike or something they're sticking out. Um, right. You know, for them to bring the part to you rather than you lunging in and opening yourself up. When they go to strike, you know what you're dodging and avoiding, and that's when you have your chance because they're already extended and out. And that might be, like typically, 
Um, like for the most part, I like to assume that we're not all like street thugs and, and going after people or whatever. So we're going to assume that they have some kind of weapon. If they have a gun or a knife or something threatening, a, a bat, a club, a crowbar, and they're waving it at you, maybe even a rock, and they're waving it at you, when their arm's out, that's perfect opportunity for you to be slashing at their wrist from either side. Um, right. And if you're that way, sharp- they're already right. They're already extended. And so you don't have to worry about them jabbing in on you and you can get at their extended hand. Whereas mm. we hope that they're not going for your hand at the same time. And obviously you're reacting and moving accordingly, but those are your opportunities, you know, for you to start striking at the wrist or like that, or better if, you know, they lunge at you and you're able to somewhat deflect you know, with your one hand, then that's when you're going in for your armpits, your neck, your, you know, thigh, that kind of thing. And those opportunities present themselves. Typically when you're fighting with a, uh, with a, against a person with a weapon, having your weapon hand out is more the way. And then your other hand kind of up. And a lot of people say to kind of keep your other hand near your shoulder to kind of protect Mm -hmm. your neck. Right. And able to and you know, then you swing can out use that deflect. offhand. Yeah, you can use that offhand. A lot of people, I, I, I know that a lot of people when they get in those sort of situations, uh, say a knife fight, a uh, uh, handgun, whatever the situation is, they think of they think of their only weapon as that weapon. Yes. You've still got your entire body, and you have to be able to uh, you have to be able to move on your feet, and you have to be able to use your offhand to defend yourself. So don't, when you have a knife and you're in a knife fight, don't think of yourself as only being able to strike with the knife. Um, you can kick somebody, you can, uh, grab somebody. There's a lot of other things that you can do. And a lot of people focus in only on the weapon they use. When Bruce Lee was talking about being in a fight with somebody with a knife, he said, it's, it's simple because that person only has one weapon when you have four or five. So be conscientious of that when when you're in a situation like that. The only weapon you have, or you don't you don't only have a knife at your disposable. That's one of the weapons that you have, and it's an effective weapon. And if it's sharp, and you can just cut somebody, you're already starting to win the fight because as they lose blood, and as they lose, they're going to lose speed, and they're going to lose. Uh, they're going to start panicking. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get you don't want to get sliced open and then have to continue a knife fight. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's it. You want to bring your game, you know, you want to, you know, strike and slash. But like I said, a lot of times you kind of want them to expose themselves. You know, if their arms already reached out, you don't have to worry about them coming further kind of thing. And you're stepping back, you know, as, but you want to have your reach so that, you know, you can slash at their wrist or their extended arm and get them, you know, cut them up. Well, you know, you're able to keep moving, but you want to be light on your feet and bouncing back things like a boxer, you know, and, and always kind of, you know, put your weight so that you're able to move and, and react and be defensive instead of somebody sweeping your leg. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, Bruce Lee, that was, that's a big thing. You know, he's like, I got my hands, I got my feet, I got my head, Whatever it is, I have options. He's got the one knife, 
And that's huge. You know, you, you got to, I guess, think for a second. People get so focused. I mean, that's even problems in life. You know, people get so focused on, well, this is it. And this is what I need to do because this is how you handle that. And they don't take that step back and look at the bigger picture. Like, what are all my options? What can I do here? And that's why it's so important for training. That's why it's so important to go through these things, have these discussions. That's why a podcast like this really helps. I mean, that's one of the benefits. And one of the reasons I really felt like we needed to do this podcast was it just fills your head with different ideas. No way, no way does it mean, hey, this is the only way or the way that it should be done. This means, hey, you may not have considered that I could carry something else besides a gun. Or, hey, I didn't consider, you know, maybe I could really master my ninja stars or whatever. You know, I mean, there's just a million things. You know, your nunchucks. Um, maybe you need to learn staff form. Uh, there was an old video when I was a kid. Uh, this guy, Paulie Zink, with his staff form. This guy looked like Mr. Rogers, like just oh, total I remember nerd. that. Yep. Yeah. I remember right? him. He was so, he was, he was such a nerdy looking guy. He had glasses and the balding. Yep. Pick up a stick and destroy anybody, you know? And yeah. He's yeah. Disarming people with knives, guns, whatever. And just like amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- he looks like an accountant. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's just, you know, the idea is to see things just consider things from different perspectives and start to look at the world differently. And that's why, you know, we hope to bring, you know, not rehash the same bullshit that everybody else does. We want to bring some new ideas you may not have considered, you know, as far as water treatment and things like that. And, you know, everything, where am I going to get food? How am I going to, you know, do long-term food storage? We want to bring different ideas and different approaches of how you can do things instead of the most traditional way. But we also want to cover the traditional ways in case people don't know. And that's important, you know, for you to just start to think and look outside, you know, what your normal world is. Cause the more information you have can be huge. Um, you know, there was that movie with, uh, oh, shit, uh, with Hannibal and um, one of the Baldwins. And I, th- I think the one who's the biggest asshole, um, that, that Baldwin and, uh, mm-hmm. and they go out, I guess one of them was married to like Michelle Pfeiffer, not in real life. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise it would have been the other one. Um, uh-huh. I think, uh, the, it was, um, Hannibal was, and what's Hannibal's name, Kevin? Why does it elude me? Hannibal Burrs? Is that who you're talking about? No, I don't no, think no. I know what you're talking about. Oh, the guy who eats people. Oh, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal, uh, Hannibal the Cannibal. All right. What's the uh, the actor? Uh, Anthony. Right. Yeah, uh, Hopkins. Hopkins. No, right. Is it Hopkins? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's him and and the Baldwin guy, um, the one who's on uh, Alec Alec Baldwin. Alec, yeah, the jerky one. And uh, so the one's married to like a gorgeous chick who is, I think, Michelle Pfeiffer. And mm-hmm. so anyway, Hannibal uh, is supposed to be a uh, a well-read scholarly guy. And mm-hmm. whereas, you know, Alec Baldwin's younger, somewhat fit and considers himself, you know, healthy and worldly and has practical knowledge. Whereas Hannibal has all the, you know, red books and, and worldly knowledge. 
and they end up going out and they're in a plane crash together. The two guys, you know, they're out looking for something and Alec Baldwin sees it as his chance to like, make it look like an accident that the other guy died so he can steal the young pretty wife, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and basically the one uses his knowledge of different things, Anthony Hopkins to, you know, to switch it around and, and basically, defend himself and and you know play the game right so you have to see how it plays out not gonna ruin right. the whole the, thing the but it, it's the name of the movie it's what the edge is the, the name edge? of the movie okay yeah and you know and that's the thing is they try different you know things and but it's basically like putting mind and knowledge against you know practical you know skills but the idea is obviously the combination you know we just talked mm-hmm. about you know, knowing about guns, but if you don't go ever use it, then you're going to have issues. Um, knowing about knives. Now, I will say in, in the defense of the knife, the knife is something that instinctively, like I kind of touched on with you use your hands every day. Instinctively, a lot of things are going to be more intuitive than using a gun instinctively. Um, right. And And so I think it's something you can pick up more as a novice with no training whatsoever and have better success. So that's something to be aware of. Um, But, you know, like I said, I I think, you know, in the end, I I think that the gun can kind of win if you're going to do the training, but I think it's something to consider and add to your arsenal instead of making it a one or the other, it should be an additional tool. And again, it, it does give you more access to places that you might not be able to, you know, carry a knife plus improvised weapons. And I have to point out the knife is the silent killer. And Ooh, the yeah, silent see, killer. see, you know, when you got to take out the bad guys and nobody knows that's the trick, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. You know, if you have a, if you have a wide enough really naked joke, but anyway, there, there you go. Yep. If you have a wide enough knife, uh, wide enough blade, you can stick somebody in the chest and cut off their oxygen so they can't scream. You stick them in the right spot. You got to hit where the where the windpipe, where the lungs come together and lead up to the wing windpipe. If you got That's skills, man, they just stick it right across. Um, or, but you know, you just take their head clean off in one motion. They don't say <laughs> shit. You mean like uh, OJ Simpson did with his wife? Allegedly, <laughs> exactly. Allegedly, allegedly. The glove um, don't fit. Yeah, that's right, man. So what I would say ultimately, though, is is spend five minutes. Spend five minutes with a knife. Make sure that your knife is is sharpened. You know, it. I've got a, a blade here, or a, a excuse me, a sharpening stone that I keep in my kitchen. I keep all my kitchen knives sharp because you know cutting tomatoes and things like that are ridiculous with a dull knife. It is ridiculous with a dull mm-hmm. knife. Any I'm pretty sure that the only reason my wife married me is because of <laughs> I, I keep the knives sharp. That's it, man. Any any knife that you're carrying with you, you should be conscientious of the uh, of the blade. You know, yeah, you use your pocket knife for for cutting open cardboard boxes and and doing whatever it is you do with your knife, but um, you got to sharpen it up and keep it sharp. It's uh, a dull knife is is useless. Now. It's funny. I had this great joke I was going to deliver and, and I missed it, but I'm going to, I'm going to try it here now. So what I would say is that I know that you don't need much practice and skill with a knife in order to be able to cut and be effective. 
because I cut myself all the freaking time. <laughs> That's See? right, man. It's easy. It's so I was easy. hearing your story, and I'm like, wait, I was going to drop that one. And mm-hmm. no, but there you go. So, you know, shit, I, I can stab myself without even trying. So, and I haven't shot even myself. Even, so. Yeah, even OJ Simpson cut himself when he was allegedly See? killing his wife and Ron Goldman. You know, and he wasn't even there, right? He wasn't even there, and it still happened. He was able to stab himself while he wasn't even there. That's how good it uh-huh. is. That's how Skills. effective. Mm-hmm. Either, I mean, he maybe he he said he broke it. He cut it on a broken piece of glass, but whatever. But Either way, facts, evidence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, and apparently not facts. Apparently, it's just how you paint it in a courtroom and start yelling about gloves. But you know, whatever. Yeah. And if you pay off cops to lie, I think that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the cops, cops recording shit. So yeah, uh, if you're if you're a cop, don't get caught on recording saying uh saying the n word. No, that's a negative recommendation. Yeah, or at least don't arrest people down. after that. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now we're running up on the elections here, oh, getting close. All right, it's getting close. You're excited. Now, and we actually have, in, in my state, we have early voting, and you could be out voting right now. Yeah, actually. I, oh, no, I think it's Sunday. I think it's Monday through Friday you could be voting. But oh, mine, mine you started might Saturday. You listening to this podcast right, yeah. on Monday, mm-hmm. and so right. then that would work out. And go, but go, go on. Get the early ballot in. Um, but, you know, a lot of stuff has been going on uh, lately. You know, and if you asked me four years ago or whatever – if you said in 2020 that stark it, stock market would be, you know, dropping, pandemic would be going on, everybody be locked down, there be protests and and uh, riots, and people would be burning police stations, and uh, cops would be shooting everyone, and there'd be wildfires all over uh, the Northwest, and Kim Jong Un would somehow die and then get resurrected, and there would be murder hornets. You know, there's more murder hornets now. They found another nest in the U.S. I thought they None just found the fit. first nest. No, there's multiple nests. Well, this is the second. This is the second. This is the first right. nest. The second murder hornet, though. Yeah. Um. None of this shit would be would surprise me. I I kind of expect all this shit to happen. I expect 2021 to be just as bad, if not worse. You know, but all this stuff is going on, and then you've got. Uh, Donald Trump up there talking about how uh, the only way we're going to lose this election is if the election is rigged. Really? That's the only way? That's the only way you're going to lose? Because it seems like a lot of shit has been fucked up and the person that everybody always blames is the president. I mean, this this is, some of this stuff should have been, it should have been caught a little bit earlier, in my opinion. And if you're going to vote for Donald Trump because you love Donald Trump, that's fine. If you're going to vote for Donald Trump because you love, uh, uh, because you're worried Joe Biden is going to take your your gun rights away, well, let's not pretend that Donald Trump hasn't passed legislation on on gun control. That is true. The the inflation is out of control right now because they just keep printing money and sending it out to everybody. Yeah, I hate saying. I've been watching a lot of the economic stuff and realistically we're already starting to see it and you're in denial if you're not seeing huge inflation in in areas. Um, One of the things, it really doesn't matter who wins the election as far as inflation Mm -hmm. happening. 
it's gonna right. happen and you're gonna start to see it more and more in the next couple of months and you really need to kind of plan your budget around that inflation uh-huh. is real and it's gonna be a big thing coming up think about just when you go to like lowe's and you buy two by fours that were two dollars and 40 cents in january and are now right. like 715 for a two by four are you kidding me yeah yep yeah i just bought a <clears throat> i was just building new uh new fence uh, I got some ducks, so I'm building a new new fence, and uh, it was it was out of control, man. It was crazy how expensive uh, lumber was. Same thing yeah. with meat. Go buy a ham. Look at the prices of ham right now. Ridiculous. Look at the, the price of ham. Same thing. And I can hit one home that you guys have all seen and know it damn well. I'm right. Go buy bullets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Inflation. Good luck on that. Good luck even finding some. Um, no, it's everywhere. It's coming up. Stuff's getting, you know, real serious. And it's always weird because you're like, oh, well, then I'll have a lot of stuff to sell. Well, guess what? If people aren't making the money, they aren't spending it either to buy your shit. It's just right. new products. And it's going to be the necessities that are going to be the things. Now, building materials, if they're going up, guess what? To get a new house, it's going to cost you. To put that addition mm-hmm. on your house to fix that leaky roof, these yep. things are going to cost you. So start to plan the value of my house. Yeah. The value of my house has gone up $50,000 in the past six months. And I, that's partially inflation. It's partially people uh, getting out of the city, but uh, you know, that's not the only thing that's, that's going through the roof right now. Uh, New construction, old construction, any sort of housing food, unless you're buying uh, you know, unless you're buying ramen noodles, man, Things are things are really going up. My my grocery bill has doubled in the past couple of months. I know yeah. almost everybody else's has. And it's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of shit going on right now. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Republican and you're voting for Donald Trump, you're not voting for a Republican. You're voting yeah. for Donald Trump. There's a big difference between the two there. And you say, well, Donald Trump at least is not Joe Biden. And that argument doesn't fucking work with me because Joe Biden, fuck Joe Biden too. You know, That's we've it. got really, we've got two terrible it. options here. Yes. And neither one of them is going to, I'm not going to be happy when either one of them is, is elected. And personally, yeah. at, at this point, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with uh, Trump. I'm done with Biden. I'm voting third party this, this year. I know that, you know, a lot of people are saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. You got to not. No, I don't have to do shit. All I got to do is stay black and die. You you ain't got to do nothing. All I all I want to do is is make it a point that I'm not voting for either of these assholes this year. And uh, yeah. you know I don't think anybody else is thinking the same way I am. But uh, I'm just putting it out there. I feel like Do- Donald Trump has been a dumpster fire, and we're looking at at a choice between uh, you know one old geriatric pervert versus another old geriatric pervert, and that's that's basically what we're looking at here. Yeah. No, that's that's not a bad assessment. Um, you know, Joe Jorgensen, maybe has you guys excited. Um, if you don't believe that Trump's hurt your guns, I do believe he's hurt your guns less than Joe Biden plans to hurt your guns. I'll give you that all right. day long. But, but if you don't believe that being a second amendment. <laughs> but if you don't believe that Trump's hurt your guns, go go try and buy a honey badger. Oh, wait, no. Turns out Trump's ATF decided that the Honey Badger pistol, which is freaking awesome, I have to point out, just saying, mm-hmm. 
you go to they decided that for no apparent reason we decided that pistol is now a rifle and we can't really tell you why we just feel like it is and so retroactively we're gonna find the company that made that gun four hundred dollars for everyone that they've sold even though we were totally even though it was legal when it was yeah we were approving tax stamps for them left and right for years we didn't see a problem with our looking at it, but now we changed our mind and now we decided that that's no good. I'm mm-hmm. just saying the shit's out there. You got to be yeah. paying attention and we just keep getting more and more of the same shit. Um, now you also run the risk. You elect somebody like Biden, even if Trump's able to kind of pack the, the Supreme court with uh, more right wing people. Well, you run the risk that you elect Biden and he's going to go and make it so that the Supreme court can have 20 people on there and he can pick, you know, 11 more of them. And then you're going to have people who think the way Joe Biden thinks for, right. you know, for the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, let's not forget that you the- have consequences, but mm-hmm. understand what you're voting for. You know, you need right. to see what's out there, see what's going on and pay attention. Um, and, you know, it's a personal decision and you need to decide what's right and what's best for you. But just because somebody's a jackass, because they're, man, there's some jackasses out there. Just because somebody's a jackass, you need to decide, you know, hey, which one's going to affect my life more positive? And maybe maybe it's just you need to vote for principles. Maybe you care about what you care about. And you're like Joe Jorgensen or somebody who's going to, you know, more represent my values. And honestly, Man, she seems more coherent than uh, than the other two, but you know, I don't know. I mean, she she's not the strongest candidate that I'd love to see in you know in that direction either. You know, yeah. Well, you know, the the truth is, the truth is, watching those debates uh, really yeah. fucking turned me off to both of those both of those guys. Yeah, you know, both well, of them, neither of them seem to be answering the questions that they were yes. asked, and not neither of them all. seem to have coherent coherent statements to make. Even, even regarding the, things that didn't have to do with the question they were Even asked. in the vice president debate, it was that way. There was no question answering. There was mm-hmm. no, you know, coherency. It was really kind of ridiculous. It's really a sad state, the American political system. But, you know, do what you got to do to protect what you got and to preserve your life as long as, you know, as long as. And what I mean when I say preserve your life, I mean preserve your livelihood. You know, keep things going the way you want it to go for as long as you can. And, you know, all we can do is the best we can. You know, we can only vote for who's on the ballot. And, you know, and like Kevin said, you know, third party is on the ballot. You know, I I believe Joe Jorgensen's in every state Um, and shit, you know, voting in protest is not wrong. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you can vote. You can write in whoever you want. If you want Chuck Jager to be president. Now that is a president. great idea, you know. Write his name in there. I'll vote for him. You'll vote. I can get behind that. I can oh, get behind shit. the Prepper Badass Podcast Party. All right. See, I'm liking what you're saying here. I like what you're putting down. You know, maybe every year I should just vote for myself for uh-huh. you know president or every four years. Turns out, you know, but right to each his own. Um, no, but just you know, take it seriously. Do go out and vote. Vote for you know what you believe is the right answer. Um, you know your vote does matter. I I know you feel small and like you know, like you know where where Kevin is. You vote in New York. 
it's not going to be Trump winning yeah, in I'm New voting, York. Or, yeah, New York you. is voting for Joe Biden. It doesn't matter who. What, it doesn't who matter what Kevin does. So you know whatever. But uh, but in a lot of places, if you're on, in Ohio or you're in in Florida. It's really important that you get out there and make your voice yeah. heard, though. And and there's a lot of states that that it's a big deal. Um, you know more than you think. You know Trump won a lot of states that people wouldn't have thought would have gone Republican last time. And, you know, and, and maybe some of those people regret that vote. But then again, what are you going to do? Vote for Hillary last time? I mean, there's not right. like, you know, you it's don't like, have uh, a lot of good options. You know, I, I just saw one of the, the people uh, that I, I don't know, a friend of my parents, somehow my friend on Facebook and, and she's a, a social worker, if that maybe tells you her political views. And she, uh, she was just posting something about how, how come nobody trusts scientists and lawyers and whatever, but they trust a reality TV star who lied about everything and is filled with scandal and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they're all liars. (laughs) They are right. I mean, it's just like, all right, you know, you can accept global warming or not and whatever. And, and I don't really care that much and whatever you do what you got to do. I hate when people, I hate that everybody's decision is, well, the government will solve it and I'm not going to do anything to change my life. Then I don't take you seriously. Um, Right. You know, if you're like, let's just throw money at a problem and I don't have any money to give, but those out there, evil people who have money, you know, they're they're the ones who should pay to make all these sacrifices. And it turns out the sacrifices are just give money to politicians and then we'll solve all the global warming stuff and whatever. To me, that's a bunch of bullshit. But the problem is there's no consistency. It's, oh, these are facts. This is going to happen. And then it doesn't. Or these are facts. This is what you know we need to do right now. And if we don't, it's too late. Well, it's a fact that we didn't do any of that shit, but there's still time. Now it's a fact right. we need to... When facts change every day, it's not science. And you can't tell me that it is. But has Trump, does he talk like a freaking moron and say all kinds of stupid shit all day long? Yeah. And you're an Mm -hmm. idiot if you're in denial and you don't see that. You know, everybody who's like blindly obsessed with Trump, well, Trump may be the best choice with what you got. But that does not mean, and that's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, these things are possible for what you want. But you need to realize that, you know, he has flaws. And if you are in denial that Trump has flaws, you have issues. And on the flip side, if you're in denial that Joe Biden has flaws or Kamala Harris has flaws, you're Mm -hmm. in denial and you're full of shit, you know? Right. So, you know. Accept the world as it is. Look at the facts. Look at the outcome that you're going to get by the actions that you take, and then make your best informed choice and do what you can do. You know, and how plan cool on would it be if Joe Jorgensen won New York? Mm-hmm. Right, be great. Um, you know, hey, that'd be pretty freaking awesome. It wouldn't, you know, change things and it, whatever, but it would be awesome. Um, you know, whatever. And I don't really see that happening, but you know, hey, teach his own, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And if any, if we learned anything from the last election, it's that we can't count on polls to be uh, telling us who's going to win ahead of time. Yeah. You have no. to wait for the actual votes to come in. I think that's right. And, you know, and yeah, definitely, 
you know, I don't care who you're voting for, you know, because like I said, I think everybody deserves a fair shot. And I think you need as long as you think clearly about the outcomes that you want and the results you're going to get, then I say go vote for whoever you think is right and good for you. You know, just think about it, not just emotion and hate and whatever. Just think of the results you're going to get out of the candidate. And if that matches up what you think is best for this country and, you know, even I hate to say it best for your situation. I hope that what's best for the country is what's best for your situation. That would be great. But, you know, you do what you got to do, you know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it, but go out, vote that way. Don't listen to the shit of, well, the election's already decided. Don't go out and vote. Don't bother. It's already decided. We already know. Cause you know, it's funny. Like one of the big things that happened under Trump that threw everybody is a lot of times you have people who vote early in the day. It's usually more left leaning and people who vote later in the evening end up being more right leaning. But again, it, it varies on state. Like where I am, you can vote early. It's funny. I've never, there was always so many polling stations in New York that I've never had to really wait to vote. You know, you go, you might be there 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I've never understood like lines and stuff like that, you know, for voting, you know? Um, And now where I am, everybody's like, oh, make sure you do the early voting. Cause if you go on election day, you'll be there four or six hours. That's how it's been the last three elections. And I'm like, what? That Mm -hmm. that can't be right. And I thought they were full of shit, especially I'm kind of in the country. And so I've been keeping an eye on people doing early voting and no shit. The first day of early voting, they were telling me, oh, there was like four hour line, five hour line. And I'm like, how? How the fuck? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, it's the first day of early voting, but there's voting Monday through Friday for like four or five weeks. And so it can't be that bad. And I'm like, all right, it's not going to be a big deal. I'm talking to people who went and voted Friday and they're like, yeah, I was in line for four hours. And I'm like, holy shit, we need to open more polling places or, you know, because if they didn't do the voting early voting, what the hell? Yeah, no, same thing here, man. Early voting is is packed. I they said there's a record number of people that have voted already, uh, compared to previous previous history. I think a lot of people are going to be voting compared to uh, you know most recent presidential elections. There's going to be more people. I think they say only sixty percent of of voters typically vote. People read you know sixty percent of people registered to vote. I bet it's going to be higher than that this time. I do. I believe but, that. You know the the thing is that. When it comes to this sort of stuff, the presidential election really doesn't have a lot of effect on you. What really has an effect on you your are senators, the local- your congressman, yeah. your governor, your sheriff, mm-hmm. um, your state council, your your county council. We Those did an episode on voting a little while back, and I gotta say, I feel like we did a good job at talking about how that shit affects your life. And you may want to go check it out. And again, that's you know, like I said earlier. We try and bring the different perspective. You know, it's not just, oh, Trump, you know, Trump's not responsible for everything. You know, Trump didn't put up the budget. Trump didn't, you know, he doesn't choose what's spending and stuff like that. And honestly, if Congress had such a great idea with their stimulus shit and whatever, it would pass. And turns out they don't need the president to pass something. Turns out you can pass it. And if you have two thirds or whatever, it doesn't matter what he thinks. They can still make shit happen. So Uh put out some good 
Yes, and maybe you can make Trump impotent, you know, with that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. if you don't have good enough ideas that people can get behind, and it is amazing that we are so divided as a country that every freaking senator and congressman seems to vote 100% in line with their party, you know? It, right. it used to be, like, for show they would pretend. Like, Republicans would care about, oh, we're anti-gun control. And then they would only vote for gun control if their vote actually made a difference. You know what I'm right. saying? And then they'd be uh -huh. like, well, I'm for gun control this one time. You know, and then they mm. would kind of screw you. Just like, oh, we're definitely going to get rid of Obamacare. Obamacare sucks. It's fucking horrible. If you elect us for the House and the Senate, we're going to fucking solve that shit. And we're going to fucking, you know, go and, uh, you know, repeal it. And then they win the House and the Senate and the presidency. And then they're like, yeah, we just can't seem to do it. Um, I, I, don't, it I don't know why. You know, John McCain, you're retiring pretty soon. How about you vote against it? And we all be like, yeah, John McCain's evil. Now, John McCain yeah. is evil. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know, it always seems to work that way where big government just keeps growing and the machine keeps going. But the more you put the, you know, people who represent your values in charge, then, you know, hopefully you can get the country to sway in your direction. And, you know, all we can do is the best we can and keep moving forward. So hate to make it a political show on you, but damn it, go out and buy a nice knife, um, maybe a nice karambit. Um, mm -hmm. if you, you look at the Karambit, watch some videos on how to use it properly. Um, there are some really effective fighting techniques, but that is something you need to figure out a little style with. Um, right. but man, you know, carrying a knife on your hip is not going to hurt you and you're going to find that it pays off more often than not. So go out, buy a nice knife and I hate to say it, the ugly secret is, they can be as addictive as AR-15s. So, <laughs> and that's true. Also, I still haven't shipped out the one, so it's coming. But don't don't panic yet. It's coming. Um, for the guy who uh, you guys probably didn't know, but if you go to preppingbadass.com, we have uh, some cool T-shirts, fun stuff that you may be interested in. Um, support the prepping badass, and you know, check out some cool gear. Uh, we did have a little contest where if you put up some pictures of you and your gear, you could win a badass Bowie knife that you could possibly carry under your sweatshirt or on your hip. And when a motherfucker tries to stab you, you just, or, you know, whip it out, cut his throat, whatever. Game over. Game over. Problem solved. And, you know, if they see the prepping badass logo on there, they're already going to know not to fuck with you. So, they're gonna. Yeah, they're saying, already gonna have to fight with a with a load of shit in their pants, and you already got the <laughs> advantage. You got the advantage right there. So I'm just saying. And I will say, if you're interested in a prepping badass knife of your own, maybe I'll put up some pictures of the knives pretty soon. Um, we might be able to work out some kind of sale. I'll see if I can figure out some pricing and some kind of way to do it. Um, but uh, I don't know about shipping them outside the country. I know a lot of you guys are, are buddies out in Australia would love a nice Bowie knife. And man, I'd send it to you for free because I love you guys. And you've been so great to, you know, supporting this podcast out there. But damn, if I can't figure out how to do that shit without spending, you know, $50 in shipping and, and 
you know, uh, taxes and bullshit and whatever. So I don't know. I'm trying, trying to figure it out. But, uh, and if you know the way and can show me the instructions on, on how to get you a knife, we might be able to work out a nice deal. Uh, Hamish, I'm looking in your direction. Um, Hamish may have given up on us. You know, I don't think we hear from Hamish too often. Do you, do you see much talk from Hamish, Kevin? Oh, he's been around. He's been around. He's been around. All right. Yep. I feel like uh, we don't we don't see his comments as as often, but you know maybe I'm not in the group as much. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to say like, congratulations to uh, Warren. Warren's Warren? Uh, getting married this, this week. Yep. Oh, getting right. married. Yeah, yeah. He's tying see? the knot. Tying the knot. So now he's like a prepping team, a survival team. Now is he getting mm, the wife to, to listen to the podcast? That's that's really oh, where it starts. I don't know. About that's that. how you build a solid that's how you build a solid <laughs> relationship. Or it might expose his craziness. I think the trick is don't let her listen to it till after you're married. Right. Wait until afterwards. After. And then be like, hey, you want to know about this other side of me? And yeah, it turns out I'm crazy. But all right. Yeah, you know, that's that's really the game with dating, though, is you just don't let the other person know how crazy you are until how after crazy. you. Right. Yeah. After no, you have a written contract that she can't leave, right. then you let the crazy <laughs> well, It's out. a binding contract. And not only it's witnessed by God. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of a. You know, yeah. it's hard for them to back out. We'll pretend that anyway, that it's hard <laughs> for them to back out. I, I know what really happens in America. But anyway, um, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.